This is Patrick Daly and welcome to Interlinks. Interlinks is a program about connections, international business, supply chains and globalization and the effects these have had on our life, our work and our travel over recent times. Today on the show, we will be talking to Lisa Anderson and Diane Garcia of LMA Consulting Group in Los Angeles. Uh, Lisa and Diane are co-authors of a new book titled uh, SIOP, S-I-O-P, Creating Predictable Revenue and EBITDA Growth. SIOP or S-I-O-P, Sales, Inventory and Operations Planning, is a management approach in which Lisa and Diane are expert. I look forward to finding out from them what it is, how it works, what its benefits are and what the pitfalls are to avoid in its implementation. So between them, uh, Lisa and Diane have many years experience helping their clients to develop, set up and implement SIOP across multiple sectors. So welcome, uh, Lisa. Welcome, Diane. And thank you both very much for being here with us again today. Glad to be here. Thanks for having us back. So this is the second part of a two-part series on SIOP. And in the, the first part, we spoke to you guys uh, about what PSYOP is, what the business benefits are, what it takes to start the journey along the, the PSYOP road. And in this uh, second episode, we're going to explore a bit more maybe the, the implementation in, in some detail, uh, highlight some of the pitfalls to be avoided and see what the stages and timeframes are that are involved in, in getting set up, getting the thing bedded into to steady state. So... Um, I think the, the the last day I was asking you whether you know there were companies that are more suited to this than others, and you said, well, it's been successful in quite small companies, companies even that didn't necessarily have ERP systems to start with, and and also with very large, sophisticated corporations. But I guess there are some issues that can can arise. So, what would you say are the major challenges? or pitfalls that companies can face in the implementation of, of PSYOP? Well, I mean, one of them is going to be uh, trying to find that subset of information so they can make some meaningful progress early on. So it's it's trying to identify that quick win, if you will, so that, because PSYOP is not something you just turn a switch and it's like suddenly you have PSYOP going and it's, you know, it's it's working in your business. It takes time to make it part of the process. It, it's the, it's a monthly cadence uh, and, you know, you have a various uh, activities going on during that time. So you need to like, build it into the culture. So part of it is just finding that uh, place to start, um, but there's many others, but I'll let Diane, you know, Give you another. Yeah, another may be, you know, when you have multiple uh, divisions or locations and thinking the same approach for one will work for another, um, you know, they have different processes and different cultures. And so sometimes trying to apply the same, you know, strategy doesn't always work. Okay. So it can end up being almost customized by location. Is that is that the case? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. I mean, it's people. They have different people generally. It, there might be some in common, though, but there's people. There's, there's different processes, possibly. And even in some clients, there's different systems um, between sites. So those three things will definitely change the implementation. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. And who who needs to be involved and what kind of sponsorship is required from top management? Well, you want a good cross-functional group of people. Uh, generally speaking, like let's say you're working with a manufacturer, you're going to have you know, that 
you want to have the leader from each of the key areas. So operations, um, you know, they have different names for a lot of these things, but uh, planning or supply chain uh, planning, whatever you might call it, uh, you're going to have finance because that's that's a key uh, key person in this process. The uh, you're going to have sales. You're going to have possibly marketing. It depends on the company. Uh, who else do you have, uh, Diane? Um, I think you covered the main ones. The only other thing I would add is that with the engineering configuration to order, you would want some representation on the engineering side, like an engineering director would be involved in those discussions and driving, you know, that that resource group. Mm-hmm. When we worked with the biotech company, you know, we had um, quality. So it's it's related to what positions make sense based on the type of company you have and who needs to be involved. Well, and actually yeah. another another big ahead. one, not necessarily you know a driver of the process, but definitely involved in the process is, is IT because mm-hmm. there may be a lot of requests and and um, you know information that's needed that needs their support. Yeah, they are often the people who can pull the data, isn't that right? From the from the existing yep. systems. Yep. Yeah. So in terms of so because you guys are consultants and 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 the people you're doing this for are are your clients. So how does the diagnosis come about that, that this is what's needed? Do clients come to you saying we need this or are they telling you what their issues are and you're diagnosing this as a as a solution? How does that how does that process work? Well, it's both. So what I've seen is is that we have a few we've had some of our best clients have come to us saying, I'm interested in SNOP or I'm interested in SIOP and can you help? Um, and in that case, the executive that's coming to us is familiar with SIOP and has seen it work somewhere else or they are at least familiar that it could be a concept that could help them. But many cases, they'll come to us and they won't have a, I, any idea what PSYOP is. So they'll just say things like, you know, I, my sales and operations are on, you know, different pages. I have, uh, you know, I can't keep up with the sales volume. I'm having inventory issues. I'm having profitability issues. So they could say a wide variety of things um, that, um, you know, as we go through it, PSYOP could be, it's a way to to put uh, you know, many of these things under one umbrella, it's not necessarily the total solution. It totally depends on the client and what they really need. But what we find is it's oftentimes a combination of some sort of a PSYOP process to start making sure you're heading in the right direction and looking at the right things. And um, the execution side, which from a software point of view, the, the software people tend to call it SNOE for sales and operations execution which they might eventually call PSYOP execution, I don't know, but uh, basically, or S-I-O-E, I guess. But anyway, they'll, uh, um, you know, it's the execution side. So that that's like the planning, um, the sales forecasting, you know, like all the, all the pieces that capacity planning, the, those pieces that head back to um, uh, PSYOP. So if I'm if I'm um, an executive listening to our conversation here um, on the podcast, and I don't really know what PSYOP is, or I have a kind of a loose idea, or I've heard of it, but I'm I'm not that sure. What kind of issues should I look at look out for in my experience that would tell me that this might be a way forward for me? 
Well, so there's many, um, and but I don't want to take up all the time. So Diane, I can uh, like list up one or something, and then we'll see if you uh, you can carry from there. Yeah, you so, hadn't mentioned the one you hadn't mentioned yet was uh, past due is a, a large uh, one that comes along. Is if customer deliveries are struggling, past dues dollar wise or you know however order wise are are high. That's typically a, a good indication that things are misaligned, yeah. and, and a SIA process could support. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I think many times what executives are thinking is they're not thinking about PSYOP necessarily. What they're thinking is, uh, do I have, can I meet my sales growth? Will, will operations be able to keep up with my sales growth? That's what they've been thinking the last couple of years. However, now they're starting to think more about can, can operations keep up in a way, <clears throat> excuse me, in a way that's profitable. <clears throat> Are we keeping up with these price increases? How do I know and how do I make sure that uh, what operations is doing is aligned with what sales is doing and it's in alignment with what finance is expecting um, and how do we how do we make that better? So they're thinking that and they're also thinking about inventory. So they're like, well, if I have the wrong inventory in the wrong place at the wrong time, what can I do to get get this in better shape because I know I have good people working here, but I they don't seem to be working together um, or the results just aren't showing it because I just don't have what I need where I need it. And I have too much slow moving obsolete inventory. So they think, well, I need uh, I need some help bringing this all together. Can you think of others, Diane? There's there's plenty of examples I know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I come across quite a lot of managers who are complaining about having too much inventory of uh, SKUs, materials, whatever parts that they don't need and not enough of the parts and SKUs that they do need. Um, I'm scratching their heads as to what's going on in planning and so on. Um, so I guess that's the type of situation where PSYOP might be a, might be a solution for them, right? Absolutely. So, you know, like uh, that reminds me of a, um, uh, a food bar manufacturer who worked with as well, like they have um, issues with, um, you know, there's time sensitiveness to that um, industry as well, because uh, product only lasts so long. So how do you reduce your um, expiry date uh, um, challenges, et cetera? So there's, uh, there's, you know, all of those types of situations are basically anything where you can say, if I had a better idea of what we we're really going to sell, not just high in the sky sales forecast that sales provided, but something that I feel comfortable executing against, or on the other hand, perhaps, you know, operations is like pretty unreliable. How do I get to have a more reliable um, um, fulfillment of that sales plan? And it may not be that it's any person that's a problem, but it's the process um, that in any of those cases, like this, this can be a great help. So in your, in your book, you set out uh, five steps or, or phases of a successful setup implementation, which I think are assess, design, pilot, rollout, improve. So could you tell us what happens in each step or phase, how long it kind of takes, and what kind of commitment and involvement is required from the client company through the, the different phases? Well, you want to start with the first one, Diane, and then we'll carry it from there. So assess. Yes, usually, uh, I don't know about a range, but typically we would say depends on uh, the client and the situation, but assessing it would take perhaps a few weeks to maybe even a few months. And usually that's back to a lot of these questions, uh, Patrick, about the environment and the 
data and the systems and the people and the current existing process and how things work take some time to determine what's in place and what are the gaps. Um, so usually we're we're spending the first portion, you know, downloading a lot of information with the teams and uh, spending time to kind of partner with them on their on their screens and and determining what's what is what is it that they're doing? How do they know how to make decisions? Um, you know, what's the handoff uh, between each of the areas? And so we spend quite a bit of time in the beginning portion just to really understand what what we're working with. Uh, and then I don't know, Lisa, if you want to add anything, but then we will start to work with the key players to say, OK, now, what if we did this or what do you think about this idea? Or could you perhaps, you know, maybe see that we could start here in terms of looking at these items or these customers or, you know, this particular work center? Yeah, and so get their you, feedback. You, you got to focus on something and prioritize. Start something. to zone in, yeah, and and based right. on our conversations of of um, you know the time we spent with them and then getting their feedback because we may you know recommend a particular work center but they may say no you know we'll make more progress if we focus here and it's going to give us a bigger bang for our buck so we you know we work with the team to kind of uh, you know work it out as to what we'll focus on. Yeah, no, I, I agree completely. The in the assess phase, we're really just trying to identify like where to focus to your point. And we're also trying to they tell us, of course, what their issues are, at least from their viewpoint. But there's always something more about it that we find out that's really quite important to how to um, help them solve that particular challenge. Or, you know, it could be an opportunity, obviously, mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. And then we go into the design phase, which is the second phase you asked about. Um, uh, and, and usually, you know, we try to make progress as quickly as possible. So it just depends on how long that phase will take. Like we, if we focus and zone in on something of interest, then it, it may not be a lengthy design phase. But sometimes it could be depending on what's not in place or what information we still have to sort out. And that's where the, the data can be a challenge, because if you it depends what situation we're in, we may have overloaded data, we may have no data. Um, and so we we have to find something that's meaningful within whatever they have. That's the key. And in some clients, it you know, it could take it could take years really, but basically we don't let any of these projects take years. We find some sort of quick win that we can do within at least months, um, but ideally weeks. Um, and so most of the time we can find something where you can have a pretty quick win. Uh, and so we'll really focus in on that um, topic for the design phase. And then that's why I say though, overall, these projects can, you know, we, you continue to build on them. It's a monthly process, a monthly cadence. And so you continue to add and or expand or refine what you're doing so that you have, um, you know, continually improving process. Um, but so you, you find something to design and then you start to pilot it. 93.9, Dublin South FM. So we've gone assess, which helps us to identify some specific area to prioritize. We move that forward to design. And then when we're happy that we have a design that we think will work, we go into a pilot. And what what, what does the pilot entail? Well, so the SIOP process, I don't think we've talked about this yet, but the SIOP process, generally speaking, has uh, in a monthly cadence, you're going to look at your demand your demand plan and your sales forecast, if you will. And then you're going to say, what does that mean in terms of your supply plan? So that's the capacity planning, um, generally speaking. Um, 
it also is actually, I should have mentioned earlier, the capacity planning can also relate to your suppliers, which is also really quite important, especially these days. But anyway, you have a demand plan, you supply plan, and then you have like where, um, a week where you put the two together. Um, and then, and you're also developing what goes into what's called an executive PSYOP uh, meeting. And that's where you get the key leaders from all of these functions and the executives together to, to show them to go over the demand and the supply, the highlights of the demand and the supply plan. So you can, so they can make meaningful decisions um, where needed. Um, or if, if all the decisions are made and there's nothing, no decisions that need to be made, then they can just align on what are they, what we're all on the same page of this is what we expect to sell and this is how we're going to fulfill it. And um, we continue to align each month. So the pilot is one is a pilot of that process. So you do the demand, the supply meeting, and the executive sign-up meeting. It's also a pilot of whatever it is you're doing the pilot of, like Diane was saying, the uh, maybe it's a group of products, a, gr a customer, something. So that you start with, some, uh, it could be a facility. So you start with some set of data. So from the pilot then you learn some things, you change some things, and then you start to expand out in the rollout. Is that right? Yeah, usually if you see success and wins and the team, the team starts to see you know, the benefits and the value. And so it builds on it. So the next month you may expand it to, again, a, another facility or yeah. set of customers or products. Okay. And then over the over the long term, then is the, the improve. So you're you're able to, to tweak it and improve it over time as the, as the learning accumul accumulates. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. And you also can't, it also gets integrated into your business planning processes where I said that PSYOP is really the same thing as IBP. Um, but that's where that um, those words, if you will, get uh, mm. added into this equation. Because in many cases, it, it may have taken a couple of years. Now, this is for like a, 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 a large, a medium to larger size client, but it took a couple of years to get the process like so that it was uh, a part of the culture. Um, and it actually took over for the business planning processes because it pretty much, I mean, once you have a SIA process, you can't, you know what your cash plan is going to be because you know what your inventory is going to be. You know what you're going to produce. You know what you're going to sell. And you know what your margins are going to be. And you also can add into, in, add into this equation any cost improvement programs, any um, price increases, very important because it re very much relates to sales. Um, and it can really mess things up because if you you're like, well, I'm I'm forecasting this um, larger sales volume in dollars, and then operations thinks it's translating the same way it used to translate, and they're not thinking about the price increases that can create utter disasters on the other end. So it's uh, it you know in essence becomes a way to run your business. And what is your involvement as consultants through those five phases? I guess it's more intense in some phases than others. How does that pan out? Well, it's uh, it's what the way we see it, it is is what's required to ensure the results follow. So we we prefer to find somebody within the company and people within the company that we can work with, so that we're not having to do it for them and they don't know how what we're doing and and how we're doing it. So ideally, we would have somebody to work with so that they can at least work alongside us. Um, but we have done everything from jumping in and doing it for them for a period of time, but never with the assumption that we would continue that continue that forward. Always that they're going to bring somebody on or hire somebody or do something. But we'll we'll jump in to whatever degree is needed, and then over time we're going to build it into the team that 
the team of people at the company to help them, uh, you know, to, and we'll just merely be there for advisory support, um, which, you know, that, that alone can be valuable because, you know, PSYOP relates to many strategic decisions. And so we can say, have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? So we, we have done the spectrum, um, but many clients need the help upfront to jump into things like their, their data and like capacity is a big one because they're like, especially if they don't have a system that does it for them, which, you know, a lot of times they don't. Um, it, 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 even if they do, actually, they're like, well, that all that's all coming out um, wrong. That's not correct. And it's because like they haven't, I don't know, they have data integrity issues. And, you know, we, we've I'll let Diane speak to some of those examples, but we've had um the gamut of examples there. <laughs> yeah, like she mentioned, you know, we we uh, we'll we'll jump in our you know it's it's kind of always a development of how hands on we are to start, and then over time, kind of hand over the reins, and they have you know been in the same meetings and the same conversations, and we've been working with them on you know making how to look at things and how to develop the the process. So they're usually able to take it over over time, and uh, you know, like yeah, Lisa so said, are... then it becomes an advisory kind of. Uh, yeah, so you're like you're like active partners in the early stages, Correct, yes. and then over yep. time you become advisory partners. Well, and our yep. team has done done this in so many scenarios and so many uh, companies, and and so it, really we can fill in in whatever aspect we need mm -hmm. to, whether that be the data or just you know talking with them on how their processes are set up. So it just depends yeah. on the situation. And then, it does very it very much does depend, Patrick. Because sometimes we have done advisory from the beginning, but Generally speaking, it's not advisory overall. I mean, it might be on the sales side, they need more help or something, because otherwise they probably wouldn't be calling us. I would, I would imagine sometimes, particularly particularly in the way that it sparks strategic thinking, you probably get some spin-off projects coming out of this SIOP process, right? Yes, absolutely. Actually, it's kind of funny because we we uh, we could come in for planning, like a like our we have inventory issues, planning issues, something else, and then we graduate to PSYOP because they realize that they have to know where they're going instead of just going, and vice versa. Also, we actually have a couple of examples working with right now where we started with PSYOP because the executive realized that they needed it, but once we got into it, we realized, oh my goodness gracious, we don't have the planning processes we need, or we don't have the sales, you know, the um, the sales uh, functionality that's that's needed. So we end up doing other projects to help them fill some of those gaps so that we can be successful with SIOP. And then yeah, it's complementary to it. Yeah. When the clients get to steady states, what kind of discipline, skills, capabilities, resources do they need to be able to keep going uh, themselves? Do you want to do you want to take it, Diane, or do you want me to uh, I can I can start and then you, you can add, but I think sure. mainly that, like we mentioned, it has to be in the culture. So the leaders, whether it's a PSYOP leader or a particular executive who kind of champions um, this process month to month, that really has to you know be held and make sure meetings are maintained and the, and the focus remains uh, on the overall process. And then from there, um, if we can get it in, into a, <clears throat> into a uh, warehouse, like Lisa said, we might have a BI tool that eventually they they bring in so they can kind of take all of this data, process it quickly, and then create insights with it. Ideally, that would be the case, but usually you have to have a some type of system support that would carry on and, and make sure that this gets done and these reports are um, you know, automated, semi-automated as much as possible. 
And will they will yeah. they often keep you guys on as kind of advisory partners or you come back from time to time to review? Does that happen? Yeah, definitely. We um they realize that through the process, they typically realize that we can offer insights into the process, bring issues up ahead of time before they become really big problems. And so many times they'll they'll keep us on as um, advisory or they'll it depends on how big they are, but they may have additional facilities. And so we'll we'll maintain our advisory role in one area and then we'll focus in on another facility or another topic. Could be that they, you know, once you get into SIOP, there's like a wide ranging number of other topics that may need attention. So we may, you know, work on another project uh, that will just help the SIOP results. Um, and so that happens pretty frequently. And what would be some examples of outcomes that you would be particularly proud of? Well, we've definitely helped uh, clients grow sales by like, I think it was 30% and greater um, during, um, you know, actually um, in one during the pandemic, I think they grew at like 50%. Do you remember Diane? But I don't know, substantial sales increases while they also did it at high service levels, because you know that was one of the bigger problems during the pandemic is everyone's service level tanked. Well, one of our clients had um, significant sales growth as well as um, uh, you know high service levels, and they actually um, um, kept their inventory intact as well. Um, but another example is is that we've helped clients um, significantly reduce inventory. Uh, to free up cash while keeping their service levels intact, and um, uh, that that was big uh, for their ability to um, free up cash flow. So that's another another example. A, a lot of them in the last several years, I would say, have related to growth. Oh, another one that's really key is is that we improve service levels from a client from I think it was like I don't know fifty percent or something like that. And if you remember the I number, but even like in the forties, perhaps. Okay, so like forty percent, which is really whatever a bad number, uh, to uh, the high nine or to into the nineties. Um, so a, a substantial service level improvement, and done that with a couple of different clients. Although you know some of them started at fifty percent, some started at sixty percent. None of those numbers are um, ones that'll help you grow the business. So some sort of a not so great percentage uh, to the uh, somewhere in the nineties. Um, we've improved. Um, uh, clients there. And then the last thing I would mention, at least that comes to my mind, is the improvement of lead time. So um, we worked with a client recently that um, their lead times were really extended during the pandemic, which is probably not surprising. Uh, but we've dramatically reduced those uh, lead times. Uh, I, I'm trying to remember the percentage. Do you remember the percentage, Diane? But something, I don't know, 50% or something. But they were able to shave off at least like a six to seven week period for some yep. of their key items that customers were, you know, were really requiring or really needing. So it was, it was significant and, and they'll continue to make improvements. I mean, really, like you mentioned, Lisa, there, it's inventory reduction, margin improvement, um, lead time reduction. Um, but I think Patrick, when we work with clients and I see the success, it's that slowly over time, they really are starting to ask themselves these same questions that we started with and, and they're, they've built that maturity into the organization. So it, it's good to see that carry forward. So where can, where well, can oh go ahead. Go ahead. Where, where can people where can people get 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 your book and uh where can they find out more about your work and about the services that you provide? Well so they can go to uh the website at uh, LMA 
hyphen consulting group, all one word.com. And if you go there, then you're going to find, um, you can do forward slash uh, SIOP, S-I-O-P dash book, and you can get a free download. Um, also, it's available for sale on uh, Amazon in um, printed paperback copy, as well as Kindle version. And it's also available on iTunes. Okay, so you can you can purchase on on Amazon, or you can get a free download on your website. Do you want to give that website uh, extended address again so that people can? Sure, sure. So it's lma hyphen consulting group all one word dot com. Excellent. Well, uh, many thanks again, Lisa and Diane, for being with here with us yet again today. Uh, congratulations on the publication of the book. It's been an absolute pleasure to, to chat with you, and I wish you both every success with your business and with the book. Yeah, great. Thank you. Thank you, Patrick. Thanks also to our listeners for tuning in again today. And be aware that if you enjoyed this episode, you can find the full series of well over 100 episodes of Interlinks on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Acast and other major podcast platforms. So until next time, keep well and stay safe.